Greetings, people of Earth. You have stumbled upon Voluntucky, the podcast that is all about creating a voluntarist world in Kentucky. And when I say Kentucky, I am referring to the geographic location, not the boundaries and territory of a particular set of thugs. Podcasts with a libertarian slash anarcho-capitalist perspective are already very different from other podcasts, but this one will be different even among them, because I am not here as a commercial for voluntarism. I am not here to change your mind or to convince you that voluntarism is the way to go. I am here to speak to those who already understand this. Welcome to episode 11, VCM Property Rights. Today I'd like to talk about one central idea that anyone considering becoming a Voluntucky community member will need to agree on, and that's property rights. Today we'll talk about how property will be defined in pre-trigger Voluntucky versus post-trigger Voluntucky. Until we have the capability to defend ourselves from involuntary government post-trigger, then the only way we will be able to address issues with property rights will be between one another according to the Charter. After the trigger, we will be able to apply those definitions to other areas as well. And there's a bit of a patchwork in here for uh, addressing unknowable history as it applies to transference of property and for how common routes of travel will be viewed. But before we get into that, I just want to give a thanks and a shout out to Somerset's own musician and production artist Lee Garrett, who helped to beef up that new intro music you just heard. And I've been saving that back for a while because I wanted to give last week's show a little different feel from the onset to try to help initiate that vision of a very different environment. And hopefully that was achieved. And since I now have better intro music, I'm not going back to the crappier version. So that will be my intro for the foreseeable future. If you think about it, property rights are nearly the entire spectrum of what anyone in any functioning society needs to agree upon. If you disagree on that, then everything else is going to fall apart. But if you can agree on property rights, but you find yourself in disagreement on something outside the bounds of property rights, then finding a peaceful solution is a whole lot easier because you will understand with crystal clarity where the buck stops and who has the final say. The problem with the world today is that those who disagree with the state on property rights, they're not given a choice whether or not to comply unless they're willing to abandon their own self-preservation instinct to maintain their principles. And that's a tough call. And this works out great for the average socialist or communist and yes, Republicans, I'm talking to you too. Because as long as it's not a matter of the individual having 100% control over those things that they either create or have otherwise attained through voluntary exchange, then those who produce can always be milked by those who do not. And even if those who do produce have no problem with their money being taken to provide for the things they believe in, say, veteran health care or social security, but they also have no problem with you being forced to pay for those things, then they're still socialists. Now, if you haven't figured it out yet, I am a firm laissez-faire capitalist. But 
I am perfectly fine with anyone who wants to contribute whatever portion of their assets they like to the control of others who they may see as better able to decide how those assets should be used. And you or I don't have to understand it. Because even though they may not see it, someone who has no problem with paying taxes is still behaving as a capitalist because they volunteer their assets. But I also wonder how many of them would voluntarily pay if they weren't threatened. <laughs> I'm always challenging voluntarists to behave according to what they say they believe, but they're not the only ones that I enjoy challenging. I am relishing the day when the option to not pay exists and seeing how many of those voluntary socialists were telling the truth about who they really are and continue to pay when no one is making them do it. <laughs> the Voluntucky Project will have many wonderful side effects that aren't part of our goal, but will certainly be a hoot to watch play out. <laughs> Even those of us who generally agree on property rights can find ourselves in disagreement when we start splitting hairs. So to prevent any future disruption between members because we thought we agreed on something that we didn't really agree on, a description of property rights is laid out in the Voluntucky Community Charter. And to make sure that property rights violations by the state remain a thing of the past in Pulaski County after the trigger, the charter includes corresponding post-trigger portions, and I'll distinguish between those parts as I read them to you. I guess it might clarify things to say that the entire charter will apply after we hit the trigger of 10,000 community members. Essentially, we will begin defending ourselves from tyranny the moment we have the ability to win any potential conflict. But before that happens, the post-trigger portions will not apply. If you generally agree with this part of the charter on property, but you think there's something I've left out, the window is still open for additions or changes to be made. And you need to let me know your ideas in the comment section on this episode at the voluntucky.com website or email me at mattwithrow@voluntucky.com. I can't have this available for people to sign their name to in agreement and then have it change after it's been agreed upon. If you do understand property rights, then you'll understand that that would completely void the agreement. We can't have people agreeing to different versions of the charter because signing your name to it creates a contract between you and every other community member. So it's 100% open for discussion until it's not. And once it's no longer open to discussion, it will never be open to discussion again. So right now it's a living, breathing document. Soon, it won't be, and I believe I will be putting a deadline marker on that sometime soon. I'll read this piece by piece and give some explanation of each part. So, here's the beginning of the section describing property. Quote, Section A, Property. Tyranny is defined as any action taken by any person that violates or attempts to violate the property as defined below of any other person. It shall be understood by all members of the Voluntucky community that every human owns themselves and their body, and that no human may take possession of another, nor physically manipulate, nor attempt to physically manipulate the body or actions of another human against the will of that person in any manner whatsoever other than to prevent that human from taking possession of, 
physically manipulating or attempting to physically manipulate another human or their property. Such actions are tyrannical. End quote. So there you have what is basically the self-defense, do no harm, take no shit portion. And here's a specific layout of what defines property. Quote, other property, not including the physical body of an individual, shall be defined as any land, space, non-human animals, or other material hereafter described as property acquired through voluntary exchange from any previous owner whom also acquired said property in such manner from any previous owner whom also acquired said property in such manner. Any property acquired involuntarily or by deception or threat of force that has since been owned by voluntary exchange by three subsequent owners shall be considered, for the sake of practicality, to be validly owned. However, a jury may conclude that if such property were exchanged through many previous owners for the purpose of conspiring to create valid ownership, all known conspirators may be held accountable, end quote. So here's that patchwork I was describing. When you start splitting hairs on the topic of valid transfer of ownership, a lot of different caveats come into play. For instance, if your great-grandfather straight up stole my great-grandfather's farm, like pointed a gun at him and told him to get the hell out, or exploited his self-preservation instinct to get him to sign over the deed with an offer he couldn't refuse, Godfather style, then if I want to prove that that land belongs to me, I'm going to have to provide evidence that that happened 100 years ago to disprove the validity of your current ownership. Because if your great-grandfather had no right to take it, then he had no right to transfer ownership to your grandfather, and he had no right to transfer ownership to your father. Your father had no right to transfer ownership to you. Which... If we were to strictly adhere to what constitutes valid ownership, and that can be proven, leaves you fucked. But it gets even worse, because what's way more likely to have happened is that your great-grandfather would have sold the place in exchange for money to someone who sold it in exchange for money to someone who sold it in exchange for money. And all those previous generations of owners will have voluntarily exchanged value for value in what they believe was a legitimate transaction. So how do you take property from someone who paid for it or attained it in some voluntary exchange? Technically, that would leave the person to chase down the person they bought it from and the person they bought it from and so on, and pretty soon you're going to end up either chasing down a dead guy who died broke or his 74 descendants who each somehow got $12 that they all spent at Wendy's already. <laughs> so I've come up with a patchwork that I believe addresses this the best way possible that it can be addressed in practicality. And let me know if you have something better that addresses individuals, not general groups of people, because that will be a non-starter and I won't even finish reading your email. If you can prove that the transfer of ownership was invalid three owners back, then a jury can call every owner since invalid. If it was four owners back, then you're fucked. Sorry. 
But since this same rule could be used to manufacture a valid ownership by, say, stealing a lawnmower that you give to your buddy, who he gives to his buddy, who gives to his buddy, who gives it back to you, then anyone can be accused of conspiring to validate an invalid transfer of ownership, and a jury can charge all of them according to culpability with that conspiracy. Okay, moving on. Now, this next part has both pre-trigger and post-trigger portions. The pre-trigger portion is this. Quote, Property may also be validly owned by the claiming of previously unowned property as evidenced by physical manipulation. It shall be expected that any such claims only be followed by diligent effort by the claimant to assure no previous owners exist. End quote. And this is the post-trigger addition to that part of the charter. Quote, Property set aside as common areas for community use that was previously owned by a since-invalidated entity may not be claimed but may be maintained or repaired by any person or entity for profit or not for profit and the prevention of maintenance or repair to such properties to its previous state shall qualify as tyranny. All community members shall have free access to common areas. End quote. Now, in episode 9 we talked about Mapalaski County Roads. And we mainly talked about how road maintenance could be addressed pre-trigger. If we address the issue of road maintenance properly pre-trigger, then that will do a whole lot to prevent us from having to defend ourselves if some since-invalidated entity should attempt to use physical force to prevent us from maintaining public throughways post-trigger. But in the ever-so-slight possibility that that could still be an issue, this post-trigger portion of the Charter says what property rights community members will be expected to help defend. Notice there's nothing saying who must maintain the roads. In fact, it says the prevention of maintenance to repair to such property shall qualify as tyranny. So... Don't think we're going to prevent involuntary government from paving roads with tax dollars because we're not, pre or post-trigger. But post-trigger, they're not going to prevent us from doing it with voluntarily donated funds either, if they haven't already long since given up on that idea by the time we get there. This next part is pre-trigger, so it will apply only to community members pre-trigger and to everyone post-trigger. Quote, Attempts by any person to manipulate, acquire, or control property by coercive means shall be considered as acts of tyranny, and that person shall be subject to answer to a jury for those actions. End quote. So, yes, we will try anyone via a lottery-selected jury of community members for property violations after the trigger has taken place. And before that, we will only try each other if need be. Somehow, I don't think that's going to be much of an issue, but we're prepared for the possibility. And then we're back into post-trigger only portions. Quote, Routes of ground travel or other common areas on real estate not previously owned by any individual or voluntary incorporation of individuals 
shall forever remain unowned and available for use by all. Any real estate freely relinquished by previous owners or purchased for the purpose of and declared to be common area shall remain unowned in perpetuity and never again be claimed or treated as private property by any individual or group of individuals and any such attempts shall be seen as tyranny due to the restriction of free travel on unowned land. End quote. So that's another one of those patchworks I've come up with to solve the tragedy of the commons conundrum. There have been hours-long symposiums on the tragedy of the commons, but we, all we have to do is agree ahead of time how those things will be handled. It's not really much of a tragedy as long as you can come to an agreement. Tragedy averted. <laughs> Another example of the difference between pre- and post-trigger handling of property violations can be found in the section on jury creation. The pre-trigger part reads, quote, Juries shall be constructed of Voluntucky community members for the purpose of deciding fault and or damages pertaining to accusations of property violations or attempted violations of property that may have been committed by a community member against anyone irrespective of their community membership, end quote. Now, in the post-trigger version of this same section, instead of by a community member against anyone, it reads against a community member by anyone, irrespective of their community membership. So what, what that's saying is that before the trigger, any community member can be tried for a property violation whether or not the victim of that violation is a community member. And after the trigger, anyone can be tried by our jury system for a property violation, but only if the victim is a community member. So, like I'm always saying, read your charter, know your charter. I think we've gotten so used to abdicating our personal responsibility for understanding the rules we're governed by to others because that's just how the state likes it. So they've made it impossible to understand every rule and how those rules work together, which leaves you completely defenseless. They get to cherry-pick the rules that work in their favor, which basically means they get to make up the rules as they go along. And it's easy to abdicate a personal responsibility that you have no earthly chance in hell of ever being able to meet. No one does. But... It's still your responsibility. This community charter actually makes meeting that responsibility not only possible, but beyond reasonable to achieve. You can read every rule that you will be governed by in less than half an hour. One full day of diligent study and you're a damn expert. I put a hell of a lot of brain work into making this as simple as I can, but yeah, I've put literally years of my life into thinking about how to do this. I've started from scratch dozens of times. Spun out, gave up, did nothing for weeks, and then a new light bulb pops on and I go back to work. The reason I started the Voluntucky Project is because I really feel like it's damn near complete. I've read and reread what I've written and I'm still looking for flaws, but... I am getting to the point where I can't find any, so it's time to open up the floor. 
I'm not here so I can brag and say, look how awesome this is, what I've done. I'm here so you can tell me how to fix what's wrong. We do a hell of a lot of complaining as voluntarists, and our complaints are valid. But being able to see what's wrong is only the first step. From there, we need to find solutions. we got to do some problem solving. That's where a lot of us part ways. I think we're so programmed by the idea of democracy being crammed down our throats that we think that changing people's minds and getting them on our side is the only way to create change. But if you're still banking on success through winning enough people over, then I don't think they're doing much cramming of the democratic ideology down your throat anymore. I think you love the taste of democracy and you're still willingly devouring it while you talk about the evils of the tyranny of the majority. But you're still trying to use it. And maybe I'm not talking about you personally, but... If you find yourself getting mad at what I'm saying, odds are it's because I'm describing you. Then yeah, you're who I'm talking to. But I'm here to tell you, you don't need them to agree with you to have the world you want. You just need some people to agree with you. And you already have that. We're here. <laughs> Maybe you've gotten used to being the weird kid. Maybe it lets you stay a victim and it lets you stay angry. Believe me, I get that too, but my anger has burned out. It just exhausted itself. And I think yours burns out too sometimes, but then you go in search of videos of police beatings or news articles about legislation that's a clear property rights violation, and you feed that anger to give yourself something to go on. You focus on something infuriating that some politician said so you can fuel that fire a little more instead of putting that energy into creating a world where the things that politician says cannot possibly have any effect on you anymore. Where you're untouchable by retarded legislation. Where if six cops beat the shit out of somebody because they refuse to treat them like a god... 30 motherfuckers show up to put a stop to it. And if 30 cops show up in response, a hundred of us show up. And if a hundred of them show up, a thousand of us show up. But if you put your energy into creating that, then you wouldn't get to be the outcast or the victim anymore. And the thought of being somewhere where you're no longer the outcast because your beliefs are now mainstream takes that away from you. If that's you... It's sad. It's miserable. I imagine this hypothetical conversation taking place between two people at some point in the future, like 10 to 50 years in the future. I don't know how long it'll be. But in this conversation, one person says to the other, Hey, did you hear the president's speech yesterday? And the second person responds, The president? President of what? <laughs> the first person says, uh, of the United States? Second person says, there's a president of the entire United States? Huh. Learn something new every day, I guess. <laughs> but then they forget five minutes later because nothing that motherfucker says has any ability to affect them and it never will. May as well be like a speech on another planet 
in a language you'll never even know exists, much less are able to speak. People, every time you mention his name, you're feeding him. Doesn't matter the context. Every time you share that news article about stupid legislation, you're feeding the idea that it fucking matters. And as long as you're playing along with the notion that those things matter, they will keep influencing your world. And I'm guilty of it, but not any time recently, because I realized the problem, so I stopped. We don't need to change anyone's mind anymore, but I understand the desire to change minds. Someone said something to you in the past that got your wheels turning in that direction, just like someone said something to me. And that was a good thing, because every individual matters, even though democracy doesn't. I still troll the mainstream political debate sites, but I'm there for search and rescue. <laughs> and, and I do that in my spare time when everything I want to do to make the Voluntucky Project a reality is as done as it can be for the moment. The avenues for learning about voluntarism and self-ownership aren't going anywhere. And I'm not saying they should go away by any means. I understand the passion for spreading the ideas, but that passion needs to be for the sole purpose of helping any individual you can help. But if you're trying to change the world with it, it's a fool's errand. Sean and Evelyn have a great podcast at Porcupine Perspective for doing just that. And I think they have a unique voice for this because they don't 100% agree on everything. And Sean's an anarchist, but I don't think Evelyn is quite there yet. So she's more able to connect with people who might see anarchy as a ridiculous idea and get them thinking that maybe it's not completely ridiculous. Then maybe Sean can take them the rest of the way. But personally, I have zero patience left for anyone who starts at the idea that anarchy is just stupid. But she doesn't. So you know, those voices aren't going away, nor should they. But suppose you can change their minds. Suppose you can get them to take full ownership of themselves. Then what? Then where do they go with that? You've just pointed out that the house they've lived in their whole lives is disgusting and corrupt and full of roaches. And so they go, okay, yeah, and they want to leave. But to go where? Okay, you're a slave, but you're a slave in a generally comfortable prison and you can block off the nasty from your little area. And But where are they going to go? I mean, it's cold outside. It's hard or impossible to come by the things you need and want without the permission of the warden and the prison guards. So it's easy to convince yourself that the only conceivable means of getting the things you want or need is through them or with their permission. But it's only a tiny minority of us that will never be able to accept that. A lot of us have gotten really good at living out in the cold. We've acclimated to being the weird kid. We, we've even convinced ourselves that we enjoy it. But most people aren't good at that, and they never will be good at that. It's not enough for them to run away from something. They need to be running to something. That's why you see so many go right back to doing the same things they've always done, even 
after you've had that conversation with them where you're so sure that they got it. But if you stay out in the cold for long enough, you'll either be the small minority that convinces themselves that they like it that way, or you'll be the majority who eventually go back in. And it will feel good when you go back. It will feel warm. You don't have to either remain silent or vehemently defend your point of view anymore. You'll convince yourself that things are true even though you really know they're not. And you're officially insane at that point by definition, even though you may function in your day-to-day just fine because you're functioning in an insane world. So it works. You ignore the splinter in the back of your mind, and when anyone tries to point it out, you will get angry and defend your splinter. You've been out there, and it's too fucking cold. I want to give people a place to run to when they run away, and an an example for other places like it to be created. This being loners and Outcast is absolutely ridiculous with the numbers that we already have. And even though there's times that I relish in that too, I refuse to allow myself to become fully acclimated to it. And if we're being honest with ourselves, none of us really ever fully acclimate to it. We want to be with people who can respect who we are. Where when someone touts an idea that is absolute evil, We don't have to either say nothing or be piled on and ridiculed by them and everyone around them because they all agree with fucking evil. Evil needs to be a minority. Evil needs to be ridiculed. Evil needs to have the burden of explaining why it's right instead of being expected to be agreed with. And until we're a substantial voice, even if it's only in one region, We will always be on defense. Everything is about property rights. And being a voluntarist is not about understanding basic property rights. Everyone understands basic property rights. Being a voluntarist is about understanding that there are no exceptions or special people who get to violate property rights. But that's going to keep happening until we're either in close enough proximity to each other with the numbers we already have to be able to defend one another, or when we can convince a majority of 320 million people to completely dismantle everything they've been taught and rebuild it from the ground up using only reason and logic. That's a ridiculous notion. That's not happening. But we keep hoping for it, we keep working for it, when a much simpler solution is available. And that simpler solution is still considered impossible by many people who are clinging to their victimhood and being the outcast while continuing to put their efforts into something that's much less possible than the Voluntucky Project ever dreamed of being. We've got a long way to go. Not nearly as long as using the democratic process is, but a long way. Seriously, we're starting at a 20% probability of success. While they've been struggling to get past 5% for the last 40 years. And you don't have to entirely give up on one to focus some of your efforts on the other. You can invest your energy just like you invest your money. Diversify. And I like to put more of my money into the things that are more likely to return dividends and pay out than I do into things that 
look good from a distance, but have never given me a return of my investment, much less a return on my investment. If you get a 2% chance of success, then you get 2% of my energy. But listen, if you really want to change people's minds in a way that can last long term, you can't just keep telling them about what they need to run away from. You have to give them a place to run to. That's what accomplishes your goal of winning people over. If you'd like to throw some energy into the Voluntucky Project without uprooting your life, you can help stabilize the project for others and maybe for yourself at a later time by donating to GoFundMe backslash the Voluntucky Project. I've sort of come to the conclusion that investment in the technology should take precedent over the purchase of real estate. So while the purchase of real estate that can be rented out in exchange for Voluntucky cryptocurrency is still on the table, it needs to take a backseat to the technology platforms, such as the social credit score program like Rutrow that I've talked about and the creation of the cryptocurrency, though I don't think that's going to be as big of a task. I'm closing in on how to get that done. Of course, if you'd like to donate your coding or other tech skills to helping the project get off the ground, that would be very much appreciated and would reduce the amount of donations needed, but I'm certainly willing to pay for those things when the money's available. If you have ideas for how to improve upon the community charter that is available in its current form in its entirety at voluntucky.com, you may comment at the bottom of this post or email me personally at mattwithrow@voluntucky.com. If you want to tell me why it's impossible and could never work, I have a special box that I'll send you and you can whisper your ideas into it. <laughs> this has been Voluntucky, the podcast that is all about creating a voluntarist world in Kentucky. Thanks for listening and I'll talk to you again real soon.